Coming up on the Assassins Podcast, we have a very special guest. Veronica Belmont joins us currently at Adobe, but before that, Disco's first hire, actually our first product hire. Really excited to have her on. She talks a lot about sort of how we convinced her to join our crazy team in the early days, the importance of how she thought about assessing her own values, how those aligned with our values, and just how critical that is, especially as the first product hire at a company, especially at a startup at the early stage. Her experience joining our team, uh, looking at the opportunity through the lens of customer support and a lot of the work she did in the early days in more of a customer support role to gain that empathy. And then also talks a lot about how she built community on our team and some recommendations on how to foster and build a strong community uh, when you're getting the ball rolling. So super pumped to have her on. All right, let's get into the show. Assassins, let's get it going. Us, us, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind. Assassin state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs way above the bottom line. Assassin state of mind. Hustle, grind. See them dollar signs, assassin state of mind. What's going on? This is your host, Justin Vandehey of the Assassin's Podcast. Welcoming in one of the most special guests we've had on the show thus far. My good friend, my former colleague, Veronica Belmont. Welcome to the Assassin's Podcast. Uh, Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> we're just laughing because I have an audio background and we were uh, troubleshooting Justin's microphone before we got started. So my, that's why I'm laughing. My mic has cut out and changed at least six different times since we've begun this podcast. So we're working out the kinks here. So for folks that don't know Veronica, I'm going to start with an intro. So Veronica was actually our first hire at Disco. She has a really interesting background. She's done a ton of different things across several industries. And somehow we convinced her to join our little pirate ship. And I thought it'd be awesome to have her on to talk specifically about Veronica. You've got a ton of great experience in building community, but I'd love for you maybe just to give an intro on yourself, talk about what you're working on now. Yeah. And then we can get into a couple of questions I had for you. Sure. Yeah. So I, I, I do have kind of a, a unique background. Um, I kind of came up in the technology world as an audio video producer working for companies like CNET and Engadget and companies like that. And then I spent a good eight or nine years as a freelance content creator and host for mostly web properties, also television shows, things like that. I uh, did a lot of hosting or interesting geek-related <laughs> events and then jumped into product. And that's kind of where my journey intersected with yours. And so I've been doing product management now for almost uh, seven years. And I'm currently at Adobe working on the Adobe Express team. And Adobe Express is an app that helps people create content for their social channels, for print, and we incorporate a lot of technology from our flagship apps like Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator. And yeah, primarily my role is on the product side, of course, but working on the content systems and services that power all the design assets, photos, templates, and everything else that enables people to be creative on the product. 
That's awesome. And clearly we could have used some audio assistance and production help to kick off this podcast this morning. <laughs> um, so Always happy to help. <laughs> so it goes without saying that we were very fortunate to have you join Disco in the early, early phases. So I think one thing I wanted to ask you was as the first hire coming in, how the heck did we convince you to join us? Like that is the that is probably the biggest question that all of the world wants to know. I've gotten that from my friends that are like, how the hell did you get Veronica to join your startup? Really? That's so funny because I've always want I literally, I swear to God, I've always been like, why the hell did they hire me? <laughs> like, what were they thinking? <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I was a, a baby, baby PM, you know, like I knew nothing and I was really excited about the space you were in. As you knew, I was, I was working on a couple of like bot communities at the time, like bot makers. And so that's actually where I met Joseph. And that's kind of how I, I fell in with, with your pirate crew. I was like, oh, this is super cool. Like I understand the space they're in. I understand like I've. I, another thing I didn't mention is I've, I've done, I've been in the podcasting world for, you know, almost 15 years at this point. So I, I knew a little bit about creating communities and especially niche communities. And so that was something that you guys were trying to do and trying to cultivate with Disco. And so it just, it, it felt like a really interesting fit. Um, and I was just excited by the, you, you guys were so passionate and so excited about the problem, to, problem space that you were working in. It was hard not to like have that be contagious. And also the mission of the company was so, so pure. I mean, it was really like, it felt like it was like wanted to make a difference in the world. And that was something that I was really excited about too, because tech can be so disingenuous. Sometimes it can feel like people are just trying to make a buck. They're just trying to like solve these, like create these problems that weren't really problems just to get attention from investors and, and customers. And this felt like a real problem that had some teeth and that could be solved in a really empathetic and great way. And so, yeah, that's kind of what attracted me to, to joining the company. And I wanted to learn, I mean, to, to work at a, at a small company, at a startup, and especially being the first employee, like you have to dig your hands into everything. So whether it's marketing, whether it's community, whether it's support, customer support, I mean, I probably spent some days 90% of my time just on, on the support side of things, but I also got to really get a, uh, get a, a deep and important view at what it, at what it meant to build a product from the ground floor up and all that goes into that. And especially working with Jeremy, who was such a, a product focused CEO and who had his vision for you know, how he wanted the product to be and coming in as the first PM too. And, you know, like where does your ideas stop and, and Jeremy's ideas begin and vice versa and how much of it is just doing what he wants to do versus what I think is good for the product. I don't feel like we butt, butted heads there, um, but it is important as a, as a product owner to start to learn how to take in different stakeholder opinions, especially the opinions of your, of your boss, of the CEO of the company and figuring out like based on your user interviews and your research, what is actually the best next steps that you should take for a product and, and how to prioritize all these features and, and new things you want to build, especially when the sky's the limit and you don't have a ton of like, like oversight on what you're working on. So yeah, it was, it was super cool. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Long-winded I, way of saying it was super cool. Yeah, no, that's that's cool to hear. That was a follow-up question that I had. Are there maybe w- a couple of recommendations or one or two things that you think would be useful to share for anybody that's coming in as either the first hire or the first product hire that you think would be useful for people entering that role for the first time? Yeah, I think it's definitely unusual for a product manager to be the first hire at a company just because I think I kind of forced you guys into making it a product manager role. I, I remember distinctly our early conversations. You were like, this is product marketing. And I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, this I- is good. <laughs> no, thank you, please. Like, I will do that work, but I need this to say product manager. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's it's it's unusual for a company to have a, a PM be the first role because you're really trying to like stack your engineering, stack your your services. Maybe marketing community is a really good one, but having your own perspective, I think, as a product manager coming into a company really early is gonna make a big difference because there there will be that pressure to kind of just do whatever the CEO wants to do. Because I think for a long time, the CEO or the founders have really driven the mission and the, the, the product cycle at the company. And they have a very specific view of what that's going to be. And so for a PM to come in, you have to decide, like, are you just going to build exactly what they want you to build? Or are you going to come in with a perspective and be able to have an impact on what that product is going to be in the future? And so I think that's something really important as a PM early at a company to have. You've got to have domain expertise in the area that you're building in. You have to understand the problem that the company is trying to solve. You have to be aware of like who else is out there in terms of, of competition in the space and not just try to build and build and build features, but do it intelligently early on because not doing it intelligently can cause a problem where suddenly you have tons of feature bloat and you've got you've just built a product that's not, it's not tight, you know, it's doing, trying to solve too many problems instead of having a really narrow perspective. Yeah. One thing I love that uh, I I remember in reflecting back on the first couple of weeks that you were with us was you went really deep on the customer support side. And I think we worked really closely on a lot of customer enablement, customer support. Uh, I remember we, took a trip to New York together to go kick off Condé Nast for the first time. Oh yeah, I think that was like amazing. Our, yeah. <laughs> we had like their entire media team launching, oh launching Grobot. And I think we even shipped those like little Grobot statues to them for their oh, Grobot. Yes. Do you remember that? We yes. had those, we had, uh, we had somebody 3D printing them from Portland and they had the little, I think half of them showed up without their heads on. It was they like- They all got a, broken. Yeah. got broken on the way to New York. <laughs> so all these little headless robots showed up. Um, they were like, what, what What? are they trying to tell us with this? Like, yeah. What is, is this, this freaking software? Decapitated gonna... statues. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess the other question I had was around community because you touched on that a little bit and you were super involved with- uh, bot wiki and bot makers in the early days. And mm-hmm. I think one thing that founders now recognize is the importance of building community and starting there. Are there other suggestions that you have for first time founders? Cause you're hustling too. like, you're, you know, and you've got your podcast going, like you're an entrepreneur and you, you've done a great job building community. And so just curious if there are maybe one or two suggestions that you have for folks on like, what are things they should consider when they're trying to build that first community? Yeah, 
I want to touch on the first thing that you mentioned, which was the the community support or rather the uh, customer support angle. And we didn't do this on purpose, but it's really interesting because I think a lot of truly great product managers, and I'm not saying I'm a truly great product manager, I'm just saying this is something I've noticed in the industry, is that a lot of them do come from a customer support background Mm. and, or at least have spent a lot of time helping their company with customer support. And that can get harder at a larger company, but I think at a small company, you really have an opportunity to to get a lot of one-on-one time and direct input from customers and, and what their pain points are and what issues they're having. And it is really like the number one way to, to really quickly understand what's going on with your product in the real world. Yeah. And for me, that was invaluable. Like I, I just, I so quickly got up to speed on not only how the product worked, because I, I knew, you know, I knew how the product was supposed to work, but seeing how people were using it in, in their day-to-day lives and sometimes how they were kind of hacking it in ways that we didn't expect or problems that they were encountering that we had never experienced before as, as you know, a very small team dogfooding our own product. We were only four people, yeah. so we were never going to hit on these problems that a Condé Nast, for example, were going to to touch on because we just weren't using it at scale. Yeah. So that was that was super fascinating to be like, okay, so we know how this works in four people, but how does it work when there's five hundred people in a channel? Yep. Yeah. And what are what are the social pressures there? What are the how are people responding to it? How are people feeling when they use it? So that that really gave me a lot of perspective on those issues. And then from the community, so so yeah, I say if any PMs are listening or if any CEOs are listening, like definitely get your PMs to spend a lot of time on customer support if you can. I still at Adobe, I spend a good amount of time every week in our user voice forum, just like looking at feature requests. I'm on Zendesk looking at support tickets. Those are two of my main kind of inbound informational channels to understand like where customers are getting caught up on our product and, and what we can do to prioritize solutions moving forward. So yeah, that's a, that's a huge one for me. And then on the community side of things, finding out where your users are and building a community around that space is going to be super key, I think, for, for success and for how customers see you as a company and as a leadership team or as a support team or as a product team. So not all people are going to be in the same places. So I, I do a lot of talk when thinking about how brands and companies can maximize their time on social media. It's the same with community building. You have to figure out where your users are. Are they primarily, if you're a, a B2B business, are they mostly on LinkedIn? If you're a B2C business, are they mostly on Instagram and Twitter? Where are your customers already talking about your product? And then using that space to, to be like the linchpin of your community. So that's, that's interesting. I mean, we had, we used Slack because our app was based in Slack. So we were like, okay, like this is where our users are. We know they are already on this platform day in, day out. Like we don't want to have to take them to yet another place during their busy days to have these conversations or to get feedback on the product. So we built a Slack community. Um, and that was really great for us because we could, they could ping us directly when they had problems. They didn't have to go about making a ticket on Zendesk or Intercom or what have you, whatever we were using at that time. They could just like literally reach me at the touch of a button. So that for us really helped. 
And then there's other places like Twitter. We had a lot of great conversations on Twitter, but I think for us, Slack made the most sense. And we were able to get these like robot all-stars like into that Slack instance and be able to communicate them and share out their successes and do a lot there that I think we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. I, I think back to your point about the customer support piece is so critical and the Condé Nast example was a great one because I even think back to that kickoff that we did and how that factored into designing the onboarding and the tooling that we use to have people roll it out. It it was a Mm -hmm. physical experience where we were out in the field, but even taking those insights and learning to build in and factor into like, Hey, how are we getting resources out to these people to enable them to be successful with the product and build excitement? Cause it was a social recognition app, you know? So it was really cool to, 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 to see that come together. Not not super scalable to send Veronica and Justin no, to, no, to no, every no. major yeah. company launching robot. No. We tried. We could try. We, we, we freaking could try. tried, man. We tried. Yeah. Um, cool. I'll um, never forget us almost missing that flight back to San Francisco. Oh, That's God. still one of my worst and favorite memories. I was the... Oh, and the time we were coming back from LA and you oh. went down the wrong hallway and couldn't come back <laughs> to the airport. I stuck my head out of the, you go down the wrong escalator trying to find a urinal and TSA just pulls you out and says, Hey man, you got to go back through security five minutes before your flight. And then I was, I can't, I don't This even is think- why to this day, I do not let my husband go to the bathroom. Like as we're boarding, like I get, I have like PTSD from that experience. You have to hold like- it. You've got to hold it. <laughs> just gotta wait you just gotta wait uh so good times so okay so to wrap things up i i I wanted to last question here i actually have two more questions the first one is first-time founders we did some things right we did probably more things wrong but it was some combination i was curious from your perspective what do you think are things that founders can do to make their first hire experience great? Are there a couple things that you've identified that you think, man, if if you would all would have done this, or if there was something that could have made that experience better, what do you think those things could have been? Oh, it's like a first employee. That's really tough. I think something that y'all did really well was setting the, in this, I mean, if you didn't do this, the whole company would have been a sham. So there's, there's, if you hadn't done this, everything would have fallen apart right away. But you, you set the culture at the company in a really great way. I think leaders have to be the, the North star for the company in so many ways. And it's so funny right now because I'm watching all of these shows on TV that have to do with like bad leaders at companies. So, you know, the, the Uber, the Uber show dropout about Theranos, we wasted, which is like literally the worst name for this documentary show on WeWork that I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, it's with Jared Leto and, and Anna Hathaway and it's incredible, Yeah, but they all have the same problem essentially. I mean, myriad problems, but the, the biggest problem to me that I think ties them together are leaders that have a toxic culture at their company. Yeah. And that informs everything that company does in so many ways. The decisions they make, the people they hire, the the culture, the diversity and inclusion, like there's so many things that that leaders do wrong just by setting the tone themselves. And I think your team, you and 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 Jeremy and Joseph, like 
you embodied the mission of the company that you were selling. And so I think that was one of the things that drew me to the company. I think it was one of the things that drew like big customers to the company. Like they could feel that you guys had a positive outlook and wanted to make company culture better for other people too. Yeah. And so I think that's something that every leader should do and, and take super seriously. I think on the opposite side of that, you guys are complete workaholics. You're totally mental. And yeah. <laughs> as a first time employee, I found that super intimidating, but I had to remind myself that like, this is a small company. You guys are finding your feet. You're figuring it out. Like this is the time to go, you know, balls to the wall to get this thing done and to push it forward. And there will be time to rest later. And I think that's going to be true of, of every small company startup that is passionate about what they're doing. But they, but at the same time, as you grow, you have to realize, okay, like we can't model that for, for a 20 person company. We can't model that for a hundred person company anymore. Yeah. There has to be, you have to like step back a little bit and, and find the time to, to have that balance. I think that we're all still trying to figure out in the pandemic. That's yeah. another story, another podcast, but yeah, I think those are, those were my two big takeaways, like setting the, the company culture early and positively is going to set you up for success. And then also like founders have to recognize when it's time to, to take a break and not get burned out themselves because all of their employees will want to mirror those behaviors so that they can be seen as caring as much as the founders do about the mission. And they do, but they also have lives. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call out. And I think over time you start to as families grow and people move and you mature, mm -hmm. I think that's something too that I know Jeremy and myself we really had to fall into and realize as Honestly, we just didn't have the bandwidth as you're taking care of other little humans. And totally. it's just like, you've got to eventually find that balance. And it's just something you, I think we naturally matured, mature into. But I'm struggling with that myself now because I've always been, I've always pushed myself really hard and wanted to do really well, like at every job that I've, I've had. And I've got coworkers now. I'm like the elder PM, <laughs> I'm like the oldest PM on the team, I think, <laughs> other than my manager. And I'm working with 25, 26 year olds. And it's, it's hard for me sometimes to, to want to feel like I can have the stamina that they do and to be able to work late nights. And I want to be able to have the same output that they have and, and be able to be like, oh, I finished this like 15 page deck overnight. And here it is at 8am the next morning. And I'm like, Girl, I was in my pajamas at 6.30. <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky if I stayed awake to watch one TV show before I crashed at 8.30. Like and up my at, kid, up at yeah. 2 a.m., like up at 2 a.m. with Julian, you know? It's like exactly. that's, yeah. So like I'm I'm really trying to learn that balance and, and to not, not judge myself against people who are in a very different phase of their lives. And I was there once too. I get it. But now I have to have to understand that, like you said, we've got tiny people dependent on us and we've got our own self-care that we have to maintain if we want to stay sane and healthy in this world. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, this is great. Last question before we wrap. I want to know if Adobe appreciates the, your pun game. Like, are they <laughs> are they are the people there in total appreciation of how strong? Veronica Belmont's pun, pun game is, 
I, I got to know that because that was something that was I was because we miss you dearly here. Oh, I miss you guys too. So if they don't, they should, and you should come back. But if not, I understand too. But I wanted, I just wanted to get that question out there before we wrap. I think they do. Okay. I think they That's do. Fair. I think my my stupid brand of dad joke humor is is appreciated <sighs> in in ways I wasn't expecting. So yeah. <laughs> They, they do. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. You can keep her Adobe, fine. It might not make it into I, the copy as much as yeah. it used to at Disco and Growbot, you Ugh. know, like into the actual product, but I do my best. So like marketing legal is not like, Veronica, we got to strike the puns. We got to strike them. Oh we got to strike from the doc. They see everything. <laughs> okay, it, well, I'm wrapping up. I wanted to just see, is there anything, What was there anything you wanted to plug? Like, what are you working on? Or like, how can people get in touch with you? Those are sure. kind of two interrelated questions, but... Yeah, I, I spend most of my time if I'm on I'm not on social as much these days, but on Twitter I'm at Veronica. I'm not good about being very niche and product oriented there. I kind of just tweet about whatever the hell, but it's it's fun. I have a podcast if you like science fiction and fantasy called Sword and Laser oh, yeah. at swordandlaser.com. Long standing, like thirteen year old show. So oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 a good one. And then for Adobe, yeah, I, I the product is express.adobe.com. Ton to use as a as a free user. We also have a subscription a subscription version, and all of the social channels for that is uh, Adobe Express. Awesome, good stuff. All right, Veronica Belmont, everybody, thank you so much for coming on. It was wonderful to see you to catch up, and just so much love and appreciation for you and. Uh, Hope to hope to have a chance to run it back with you together here one day on the on a future future opportunity. <laughs> thanks, man. All right, thanks, Veronica. All right, that's a wrap. Big shout out to Veronica Belmont. Thanks for coming on, sharing your story with us from the early early days of disco. We got a lot of stuff happening this week. A new episode every Friday here at Assassins, but we've got a really special guest coming on next Friday, which you're going to want to tune into. And a couple of thought pieces coming out on assassins.com this week, uh, including one that I wrote up, which talks about how I pitched Mark Benioff at Dreamforce and what the results were of that interaction. You're going to want to read that. But until then, thanks for tuning in and be sure to get that money. Stock exchange, appreciate every penny, pocket change, one phone call, 